what I want to get into on the show is about how Nero, Nero and I know each other, what we've learned from each other, some of Nero's biggest lessons in the last year because he's had a really massive year. A lot of people, um, you know, for better or worse, in the last year spent a lot of time uh, at home, spent a lot of time um, being afraid, frankly, just the, the way it is of going outside, spending time with people, wondering whether or not they're gonna get sick, and your experience was very different. You left Israel and spent uh, a year abroad for the first time in your life. And so I'd love to get into what that experience was like. But I think the best place to start is how do you describe what you do? Or how do you describe who you are at this point? I know it's gonna change. I know it's been likely different in the past, but this last year has been really transformational for you. You've grown a lot. You've learned a lot about yourself. You learned a lot about the world. You learned a lot about what you like and what you don't like. So can you tell me a little bit about what do you do and how do you describe who you are at this point right now? Yeah, so thank you, Jonathan, for having me here in your show, yeah. in your podcast. Thrilled. And yeah, I'm here in this world to bring people together and to create the new world experience that we can experience, experience ourselves in a deeper connection level with anyone around us. If it's animals, if it's the nature, and if it's the people that we live with, or our family, or anyone that we meet on the street, and just really go beyond the illusion of superficial connection. So the way that I do it right now, mostly I'm creating events that bring people together and create the atmosphere, the environment to go deeper and to really connect from the heart and get out of the mind and into our bodies. And the way that I'm calling myself is Vision Nero. Vision Nero. So I have a lot of visions yeah. and my, produ my producer name is Nero. Yeah. And this is the way that I see myself right now. You know, I born with this, the name Neria, which means the candle of God. Neria, the candle of God, and born and raised in Israel? Yeah. Born and raised in Israel. So English isn't Nero's first language, Hebrew first language, but you're the candle of God. Yeah, so I'm the candle of God. You can, <laughs> you can see it in my tattoo. And... I'm just so happy to be able in a time that the world is so crazy. There is a pandemic that take over the world and I can live my authentic self. I can have freedom and I can create connection and remind people that it's so simple. It's so simple to be together. And if you get out of the mind and tell you how much fears there is around it, you can truly find yourself that's the goal for me. to just find yourself through that freedom of connecting to others without having any goal for that connection so 
to make sure I got that right. So you uh, are an event producer. Your producer name is Nero. And the goal is essentially to help people get out of their minds and into their body, into their heart, and to experience connection um, in a time where there's a lot of disconnection, in a time where there's a lot of fear about contact. And uh, I think that's really beautiful. I mean, the, the first event that I went to that you had facilitated and produced was a, a, a workshop called The Art of Listening. And there was a lot of uh, grounding exercises where there was touch and there was a lot of um, conversation about boundaries and about how to have an experience and a connection with someone that is both authentic but consensual. And that, that feeling of safety and that feeling of trust helped to induce more connection Right, because I was able to let go and know that if someone went too far or I went too far, I could actually say no and I could actually back off a little bit. So that I have that experience of you and those are the types of events that you've produced in my eyes. Um, and I was thinking maybe we could start with something like that. So tell us a little bit about how long have you been in this space of authentic relating, of connecting, of sensuality? Where did it start? And then maybe you can lead us or at least you can lead me and you through an experience, maybe one exercise, uh, maybe that even that somebody could try from home as well, of uh, getting out of our minds and into our body, getting out of our minds and into our heart, whether it's, you know, they can do something by themselves or maybe just something they could do with a partner, something that they could duplicate from home. So talk to us a little bit about where did it start? What was like one of those one or two significant moments in your journey and then maybe you can lead us through an exercise that maybe you and I could do together or they can do at home by themselves. Yeah, so that's the beauty. So you probably wonder how did I get into it and right now it seems like a big distance between us <laughs> because so far away from the normal daily basis people connection and people interaction seriously man like just like to cut you off really briefly like for Christmas this year all my friends and family back in Canada had restrictions on how many people they could be with if you were with more than 10 people it was against the law and that's no bueno in my experience in my books and in what how I want to live my life and how I want to be self-expressed with my truth I'm not saying that anyone else should do that. I'm just saying from my experience. And we had, um, just like you said, just like totally different experience for Christmas than most people. We went to basically like, an, uh, like a potluck where everyone brought their own dish, everyone contributed their own energy, and then we did singing and dancing and, and cuddling for Christmas. And that was largely facilitated by uh, men like you or people with a similar philosophy to you. So yeah, I just I just wanted to, to jump in there and say totally different Totally different and um, for those at home that are like saying, you know, no don't do that It's like well, let's let's just create the space where it's not good or bad right now But let's just be open-minded to what we could learn from what Nero's gonna share yeah, so I came from a similar background of most people in the world, of living in a society that, you know, you have the normal education system and your parents, uh, my parents came from the same 
way of living that their parents came from and their parents came from and this is how I live my life and my mom become religious like really strict Jewish religious mm. when I was 10 so if we talk about sexuality and about connecting in that way, I was super close. I was really like, I didn't have a lot of confidence in that area because by the Jewish religion, you can't touch each other unless you marry. So I came to Mexico before I ever had sex with a woman. So how old were you? 22. You were 22 and you came to Mexico and that was because after the military there's an opportunity to, to travel, right? So, yeah, but especially for myself, I was just, I was going into all the like financial world. I started to learn the stock market, sure. business, financial, sure. uh, real estate. Sure. And then I tried to get into it, but everything happened against that. And somehow I found myself getting unemployment money through COVID and discovered that I can get it from everywhere in the world. Oh, wow. So, so it didn't matter where you was, you could still get paid. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like in Israel it's 3,000 shekels, but in Mexico it's 18,000 pesos that I'm getting every month and I can do whatever I want. Sure. And yeah, I just felt the call to go to Tulum and immediately from Israel, I got into a community in the jungle next to Tulum. You know, going straight from like third lockdown to fucking paradise. Wow. Where I had like, you know, like this beautiful cenote, like this beautiful lake in the middle of the community. Wow. And three meals a day and the most beautiful people in the world and everyone like going into the lake naked. And all the experience, like so hippie, you know, like how you imagine a hippie community. I just came there. Oh, man. What I, what I love about that is like, there's people hearing this, because like, years ago, if I would have heard that, I would have said, this guy is fucking crazy. I would have said, this guy is off his rocker. Like, But what I've learned is that people live differently. People live differently. And that's what I've loved about the last couple of years of traveling and seeing how different uh, ways of living so if it just seems like so like is that real like it is real and we're not saying that you need to live that way all we're experiencing is that there is different ways of living and I think it's really useful for us to be exposed to that so that we realize however we're doing it right now isn't the only way so this guy moved to Mexico where he lived in a community where there was a cenote which is basically like a hole in the ground with, with water in it uh, it's probably cold. It was cold water. Yeah. Like super in cold. super cold water, but beautiful, surrounded by jungle, people swimming naked there in like kind of this hippie commune, beautiful like um, situation, um, which was totally different than how you had lived your life before that. Let me ask you this. How come you were open-minded to living that way? What was it that, that made you say this is okay versus completely rejecting it and being like, these people are crazy, these people are weird? Like something about it must have been, or something about you must have said to yourself, you know, I'm gonna give this a try or I'm open-minded to this or let's see where this takes me. Yeah, I feel like the beauty in me, the way and one of the best reasons I love myself is the fact that I'm open to life. 
So people, friends, come to me every time with crazy ideas and they know that I will be open-minded to listen to them and most likely to say yes. <laughs> so I discovered that if you say yes to life, you're having way more fun. True. And this is the way I live my life. You know, sometimes it looks crazy and it looks like, what you doing? And like, so unresponsible. But it's working for me. And I believe in myself. I have safety inside myself. So no matter what experience I'm having in the outside, I have the own safety, the own, the own feeling of home that I can do whatever I want. And then that brought me into this really interesting experiences that just really helped me to get out of the program of society and build my own individuality. So I became a person that is truly, I'm truly myself. And I know that it's really triggering people because society teaches us to be like society. Society teaches us to become something that people already walked in that path. And I don't want to walk in someone's path. I want to walk in a new path that no one ever walked and explore. This is what makes me happy. So all of this traveling in Mexico, when I got out of the, the place that people put me because they think they know me, I could really break free and find myself. And you know, I, became, I came into an environment that no one knows me. So whatever story I'm telling that this is me, this is how people know me. And that helped me to become more authentic and more myself in every moment, especially being around people that's so individual and also done that process before me. So for the last year, that's mostly what I've been through. I've been through a process of becoming myself and have such a free life that I almost forget that there is a pandemic right now in the world and I forget that people take vaccine and people live in fear and people stay in their home because they thought that they need to afraid from connection and they need to afraid from the outside and this is my philosophy my philosophy is that there is two frequencies in the world one is fear and one is love when you choose love everything is good really like you break out from the stories and when you look at when i look at my reality everything is so good and i'm in love so that's the frequency that i'm attracting into my life and when you're in fear that's the frequency that you attract so you can you can get sick because you allow your body to be weak you allow your body to get something from the outside. But I'm saying yes to life and no to fear. So nothing can get past it. And I'm so healthy, you know, and I'm not taking any medications and I'm healthy all the time. And that's the reality that I'm creating for myself. Yeah, it's like, it's also the story you're telling yourself, right? We talked about 
um, just like what story do you live in? And one of the big benefits uh, that I'm hearing of like taking yourself, uprooting yourself, putting yourself in a new environment is that you get to recreate the story that you've told yourself, the story that you tell other people. You don't need to be the same person that you were yesterday. And this is actually, um, I think, beautiful what you're talking about of choosing love versus choosing fear. And a lot of people will hear that and they'll say, well, that's just like woo woo spirituality. It doesn't have any basis in reality. Like that's just, uh, you know, um, toxic positive thinking. That's a big term that people are describing now is like, is like living based off of a delusion rather than what's happening. And I would, I would say I disagree. I agree with what Nero's saying because science is actually proving, if you watch Rewired by Joe Dispenza on Gaia, Gaia is the platform and you search Rewired by Joe Dispenza, they're actually proving through science how the frequency of thought impacts the physiology of your entire body. I was listening to a podcast the other day where they were talking about um, at the beginning of the pandemic, so this would have been early 2020, a group of high-level athletes for the first two months of the pandemic basically had a, a, a dramatically more sedentary lifestyle Right, all the propaganda on TV was be afraid. They were in a sedentary lifestyle. They weren't spending time in nature. They weren't spending time outdoors. And they measured their immune system and their immune function. And in two months, their immune system was impacted by 50% less. In two months only, through the idea that they should be afraid, through the idea that they have a reason to protect themselves and hide from the world and then changing their lifestyle, AKA not going outside, not being active anymore, not exercising with their other athletes. And in only two months, the physiology of their entire body, their entire system, this, this intelligence that is the homo sapien that has allowed us to evolve for millions of years to get to this point, right? Perfect, perfect to help us survive in less than two months, 50% less immune system. So if you don't think your thoughts impact your physiology of choosing love over choosing fear, then, then that actually is disillusion. That actually is not basing your reality in what's, what is possible for human beings. So I'm, I adore that you're choosing love. And by the way, what you're saying, that's another thing that I discovered. And don't take my word on that. I really recommend and invite you to try it. So I discover for myself that whatever it is that I believe and give the power to is real. So think about it again, I will say it again. Whatever it is that I believe and give the power to this is how my reality looks like. This is how I'm describing what's real and what's not. And when I discovered that on myself and I saw that it's working for me, I just stopped believing everything that wasn't giving me anything positive in my life. Like anything that wasn't a good influence in my life, I stopped believing. <laughs> you know, so that's. You know, you can be like, yeah, you live in Peter Pan world, like you live in Wonderland, you know, but so what? My life is amazing and I'm happy all the time. Yeah. 
and yeah, of course I'm going through processes. Of course, I have a lot of feelings that I'm obstacles, like, challenges, obstacles, challenges, pains. Like it doesn't mean that I'm not going through that. And I'm still living in a world that the energy exchange is money. So I, I'm still in that mindset. Like I'm, I'm with you. I'm not a crazy person. I just discover a different way to live. And you know, everyone, like do whatever is good for you. Like discover whatever is good for you. But that's, the, that's what I'm saying. Whatever is good for you. Not what's good for your parents. Not what's good for your friends, for your wife that's not going to take you anywhere because then you're in that like cage of your mind if you see in the matrix you know in the matrix they say Morpheus say to Neo in the first matrix go see it <laughs> Morpheus say to Neo in the in the world that we live in the prison it's not like you not live in a thin prison you live in a prison for your mind so when you get free from that prison from your mind you you're gonna discover yourself and that process is scary it's really scary because you don't know what you're gonna find out maybe you have so much shadows you have so much craziness inside of you that it's so hard for you to really face it and I get that and I feel like this is the human experience and this is the beauty of that journey to discover what is right for you what is you really wanting to do in your life yeah the reason why I like I like conversations along these lines is I'm not telling anybody how to live. What we're actually encouraging is for you to take full responsibility for your reality, full ownership for how you live, to actually do the really challenging work of introspecting, how am I living? Does it work? Do I love my life? Am I just following the footsteps of somebody else or have I consciously decided, right? So these, this, like, this philosophy of even just living my life differently um, I actually think is a very positive example for the world because if it only made you question, is it possible to live differently, right? Not that anything in your life isn't working. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, is it possible to live differently? Then I think that's a, a massively positive contribution to the world. Um, I want to ask you a question. So your expertise over the last year has been about kind of sensuality, connection uh, I know Tantra is a new kind of like realm you're exploring but maybe you had been doing Tantra before but now it's more like kind of you're more in that uh, in that environment in that community can you talk to us about the difference between sensuality and sexuality or what have you learned like as like the overarching philosophy of this work about intimacy connection Tantra what can you share with us about that yeah, so I really want to start with something that's going to give us an opportunity to listen to more. And it starts by taking a deep breath. So when we're taking a deep breath, we actually come in our body and we really like give the opportunity for more information to come inside of us and also to just feel more connected and more relaxed. 
So we're gonna take a really deep inhale and release with the sound. <laughs> so that's something super simple that you can try in your daily day basis. That no matter what you're going through and you feel overwhelmed, you take a moment to yourself, you take a deep breath, and you're gonna feel way better immediately. So, yeah, Tantra and sensuality and sacred sexuality, all of that subject, changed my, changed my life so enormously and so quickly that I could amplify that and change my love language, change the way I talk, the way I speak, the way that I communicate. And the way that I do it, the way that they teach you, so the, the first simple steps are really like, be okay with eye gazing. Be okay with eye gazing. You know, and like, be okay with seeing another person and not afraid from that connection. This is what we've been told. We've been told not to stare and not to look at someone else's eyes too long and you know this is another thing that caused us a bit apart from each other so we're gonna do a really short exercise to show you the power of eye gazing and let's face to each other yeah and if you're listening at home by yourself it's okay to pause right now find a person run on the streets, find someone, grab them, say we're gonna do an exercise together. <laughs> or maybe just somebody in your house, maybe a friend or family. Uh, and we're gonna do an exercise here. So you can ask your partner if he feels comfortable with holding hands. Yep. And if so, so you're gonna hold hands and for around 20 seconds, you're gonna look at each other's eyes and you're gonna synchronize your breaths together. And we're gonna do that now for 20 seconds and then I'm gonna say and gonna ask Jonathan how he felt during and just express the importance of that exercise. Yeah, let's start with you. Like, how did you felt with all of the aspects of what we just done here? The first thing that comes to mind is just like a uh, like a kind of a deeper intimacy and connection between the two of us, right? We're bros, we're friends. Um, you know, we hang out all the time, but like, how often do you just like really? Are you really just present with somebody that you love and somebody that you appreciate? And so there was like a like a, a a moment of like acknowledgement. I see you. I'm with you. And then from like a physiological perspective, I could feel my hands relax and my shoulders relax, and I could feel my face relax. Uh, and then the last the last thing. Well, I mean, and and that in and of itself was what Nero was mentioning earlier about relaxing your body. 
the, it's the nervous system works as parasympathetic and sympathetic. Sympathetic meaning fight or flight, right? And we live very sympathetic, dominant lives. And this experience, I could feel it literally in 20 seconds, my shoulders relaxing, my hands relaxing, my face relaxing, moving and transitioning towards a, a, a parasympathetic dominant experience where I'm rest and digest, which is where your body heals, it feels good. So thank you. I'm anchored in that kind of parasympathetic state. And then the last thing that I noticed is just like uh, Alan Watts in one of his lectures talks about uh, how underappreciated we are for like the beauty of human nature. And he describes the eye as being one of the most precious jewels that could ever you could ever experience. We like diamonds and amethysts and all these things, but the human eye, and I just noticed like Nero's eyes are, are beautiful. They're uh, brown and um, in this in this lighting, it was kind of like hate more hazel. Um, and yeah, so great eyes, dude. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Nero's parents. Yeah, you know, so in the alchemy book for Paulo Caulo, Paulo Caulo, <laughs> he's saying that the eyes are the key to the soul. And soul is something like, I'm not going to get into it. You probably heard that phrase in your life. But when I'm saying that, it's just like when I'm looking to someone's eyes and I'm being present and we synchronize our breath together, that creates a rapport, that creates an immediate connection. And you can feel so close to someone, even if you don't know him, after a few seconds. And that's so amazing. I'm doing it with so many people and so many people feel so close to me as a result of doing that. And they so not used for people to, to do that, to look yeah. in the eyes and to create that rapport. So, yeah, that's like, so we talked about eye gazing. Yep. And we talked about the breath, how important is the breath. And synchronize the breath with another person in order to connect. And then another thing that I would love to teach is the beauty of non-verbal communication and how you can connect without speaking. You know, sometimes we feel like we need to say stuff when we when it starts to be awkward because we are, we're in a silence. Yeah, there's like a void. It's like, I gotta fill the void. But you're saying it's not, not necessarily necessary. It's definitely not necessary when you just say stuff in order to fill the void. So then what you do, you start talking about a superficial conversation. Sure. So you're like, so how, you, how do you like the weather? <laughs> you know, or like... Hot today. Really hot today. <laughs> so I'm not doing it anymore in my connection and I'm going deep immediately. But if it's too much for you, you don't, you don't need to do that. So you can just stay with the person and create that eye-gazing connection and feel good with being in each other's energy without the need to talk. And the most beautiful present you can give to someone is your presence. So that's another thing that as a result of us being a lot of, we, in our minds and 
we're thinking what else we need to do after that and projecting into the future we forget to live the current moment and enjoy that so for example maybe I'm right now with Jonathan but in 10 minutes I'm not gonna see him ever again so there is two ways to approach it one is to think about what's gonna happen in 10 minutes and be super sad and just really having a hard time to enjoy that moment because I know what's gonna come and then the second is to be like okay I have 10 minutes right now to enjoy this guy so I'm just gonna do that right now and remember that the future doesn't exist and the past is not longer with us so the only thing that we have really if we talk about reality the only thing that we have is the now so when you get into that I call it the golden gate golden gate when you get into the golden gate of the now this is where the magic happens this is where you can truly experience that feeling of coming back home mm. with someone else. Mm. Yeah, it seems to me like your breath is a tool that you can use on your own to be present, right? I've heard people say, and it's in The Power of Now where Eckhart Tolle talks about the breath being the bridge between your physical body and your spirit body, right? So the eyes maybe being kind of the portal to the soul, but the breath being like this bridge that connects your physical body to your spirit. Um, and then you can use connection with, an in, with another person to do a similar thing, to help you feel present and grounded. And I think, you know, before we get into this kind of like non-verbal, and maybe you have another exercise you could show us, I just wanna talk about like some of the results that I've seen, because I've only been to a couple of Nero's uh, productions one of them was in Guatemala and it was the art of listening. Another one was in Guatemala and it was um, I just uh, like a, a cuddling workshop essentially, right? And then one here that was also a cuddling workshop. And just like aside from what happens or what's the philosophy, just like how you leave, you basically leave, like if anyone's a Harry Potter fan, like imagine like Snape or like someone in potions class like found a, like a like a how to make a, a relax relaxation potion or how to make a, a sleepiness potion or like a content potion or like a feeling in love potion and like mix all those together and then when you leave one of the events that's how you feel content relaxed sleepy in love and like I don't know what was I what was it like three hours four hours of this workshop this cuddling workshop and I just literally left like feeling like there was no tension in my entire body just like melting and I just went home and I was just like oh I'm going to sleep now because I just feel like I'm melting right and like I was able to have that experience with other people and almost all of it was nonverbal right so how do you actually create an experience like that like what happened there that made it feel like that I know that there's a chemical in our brain called oxytocin, right? Which is a painkiller actually, but it's, it's, it's stimulated when there's touch. So we spend a lot of time touching and relaxing. What happens? Why is this like, why is it important for you that this, we do this? 
so you know like when you, when you're born till like age i don't know like 12 13 kind of vibe your parents touch you all the time and your family and people just give you so much touch usually yeah. not yeah. everyone but usually this is how it goes and the first three years of your life the way that you've been touched build their relationship over the course of all of your life the way that you react and love or hate or the way that you respond to touch so think about the first three of your life if you don't remember you can ask your parents if you've been touched a lot and how your body remember that so something that we never been taught is the importance of touch and mostly touch that doesn't require sexuality mm. so you know now something that becomes super mainstream is yoga yep and the way that i see cuddle the way that i see touch is that like we go into yoga every day i would love if there is a cuddle session every day you know every day you start your morning by one hour cuddling people in your life sure. without any reason sure. and create that like safety and that like relaxation that can give you the energy to create and to do whatever it is that you need to do after that so you can go to work by feeling so good and so relaxed that now you're on fire yeah and yeah so there is something super like I don't really know how to explain all the science sure. beyond that but there is something in our nervous system that when we feel safe touch it's like having an orgasm and you know when you have an orgasm you feel so content and so like wow like I just I'm so high you know if you take marijuana or like you feel so high and that feeling of being high from something so simple is a life changing. I want to switch gears a little bit because I know how important sensuality is to you now and connection and slowing down and being present, enjoying your life. Um, you know, one of the reasons why this show exists is to talk about stigma, things that like other people don't want to talk about or isn't mainstream. Um, you know challenges like where have you experienced challenge in your life and how did you get through it and like how did you overcome it and how did it make you are who you are today because right now a lot of people would see you and they'd say wow he's like very self-expressed right he's like he's like relaxed he's enjoying his life he lives in Mexico the you know the external environment he lives in is beautiful but I'm sure it wasn't always like this was there ever a time in your life where you didn't feel like you belonged or things were just not working for you, or you were in a lot of pain, or, you know, cause I, you know, we spent the other night, uh, we spent the other night together where my bedroom had two different beds. And so I said, hey bro, like if you want some space, there's space here, feel free. And we had some chats and I learned some things about you that I had never learned. You know, I learned some stories about your parents and what it was like coming up. Um, so like, we've, we've touched a lot on the last year and how you've explored new ways of living. <laughs> Uh, and uh, new ways of being in this world of connection and Tantra. Tell, bring us like before that, like, is there any point in your life where you can think of where 
things weren't going your way or you really felt like you were lost or like you didn't feel like you belonged or it was really challenging for you. So yeah, when I was three, yeah, my parents broke up. My father had a drug addiction. He was, he had so much mental health issues. He was diagnosed with manic depression and my mom was 25 years old she was a kid in her spirit she wasn't ready to raise me and my little brother and now she's facing a situation that she needs to raise us by herself so immediately in three years old I needed to grow up and become the man in the house and take care of myself take care of my brother and take care of my mom while also taking care from afar of my father and I grew up in the richest city in Israel but my mom didn't have any money so all of my friends you know had this perfect life of like living in this mansion with a pool, the parents are together without cars everything is so fancy, so cool like the biggest challenge in their life is like what backpack should I go to with the school sure. and that creates a really big distance between us because we live such different realities but we were studying in the same school living in the same city I grew up in this environment, but my story was so different. So for years I was this outsider. Mm. The only thing that really brought me in was sports. The way for me to express myself was through sports. I was really good with, I was a really fast runner. I played basketball. Nice. I was three in Israel in throwing an iron ball. Yeah. How do you call it? Chopper. Yeah. So I was also super strong and so that really brought me in but yeah I've been bullied a lot and people were cursing me people had so much issues with me because I my magic was my mouth all of the time so people got so upset that they saying something you know they tried to bully me and I'm answering them sure yeah so, you weren't gonna take it yeah, I've been through a lot and I really felt all the time so like, I don't belong here. This is not my tribe, this is not my friends, this is not my people. I don't want to be in that school, I don't want to do this homework. I don't want to do this test, everything is so stupid. Like I judged society from the beginning and I felt like this is not for me. But I didn't have any other option. And then... Yeah, you're just a kid. You know, I needed to find my own... I raised myself, basically. So no one taught me boundaries. No one taught me... Like my mom tried to, but I was like, no mom, I don't want to do it. I don't want to brush my teeth. I don't want to take a shower. You know, so I didn't build the habits that a kid usually build, and then it's easier for him to build like longer term, term habits in his life and I needed to go through that process of like 
I don't want to do, you know, like my inner child was so active all the time. Like, I want to do that now. I want to eat this chocolate now. You know, I, I ate so much like junk food and chocolates and stuff. And I was never getting fat. So I was like, yeah, it's cool. Like, I can do whatever I want. And then I needed to go to the army. You know, that it was like the first time in my life that someone told me what to do. And I needed to do that. So then I had so much like conversation with them and fight about like, I don't, why should I do that? It doesn't make any reason. And they're like, because we said so. Yeah. And you know, I got so frustrated and they gave me so much detentions and punishments and they really tried to break my spirit. So over the years, I found more friends. I joined the youth club. I started to work with kids kids really get me you know like <laughs> I love kids kids are just so amazing because they don't have all of that program from society yet and they just accepting whoever you are so I felt like the king you know they're like whatever you want to play we're gonna play you know and I loved playing kids game even when I got older so they became really like my best friends and yeah, this is why I'm finding myself right now in Mexico because I found a tribe that's willing to accept me no matter who I am. And I'm feeling more free and more myself than I ever felt. And yeah, I've been through a lot. And like the story that you wrote in your book, you know, about like these two kids that had the same environment and then, you want to tell it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, uh, chapter one of the book, Man, You Know I Got You. And the premise of the story is that uh, two kids grew up in a household where their father was abusive. He abused drugs, he abused them, he abused their, his wife, and they had a really challenging life. But the reason why the story came up was because a, a local reporter found out that there was a, a man who was being charged for, um, I think it was armed robbery. And he also found out that the guy's brother was being distinguished as like a, a, an important entrepreneur in the area. So these two brothers, one was in jail, the other one was like had this beautiful family and everybody loved him and his community loved him because he was of service uh, and he was being awarded for his businesses. The guy was like, how could these two brothers who had the same dad basically live completely different lives. So the reporter went in and he interviewed them both and he interviewed the man who was in jail. And this is what he said. He said, with a father like mine, how could my life turn out any other way? And he interviewed the successful man with the beautiful family and the amazing businesses. And he said, how did your life turn out this way? And the guy said, with a father like mine, how could it turn out any other way? So it was a matter of perspective, right? It was a matter of learning from the past. It was a matter of uh, using that example, one deciding, you know, I don't have a choice, this is the way my life's gonna be, and the other one saying, I don't have a choice, this is the way my life's gonna be. I'm not gonna live the same life that my dad did. And that's, what I, that's why I, I said it. I feel exactly like that, I feel like my life couldn't turn in any other way 
because what I learned for years from my parents is what not to be and how not to behave and how not to yeah. work with my financial situation uh -huh. and like you know I learned so much about what not to do so now I'm trying all the other stuff you know also like if you read the that rich, rich, rich dad poor dad Robert yeah. Kiyosaki yeah so it's like you know really like learn from people that I want to be in their position that I like the way that they made the success on whatever it is that I want to become and really take that I have that like ability to take to, to see someone and copy in a way the way that he done that yeah and it's a, it's a model it's a role model yeah so I found myself the right role models in order to find that actually I am my own role model and to truly become someone that I love, I wanna, you know, I, I'm adoring myself. This is like my philosophy of really like wanting to be myself. You know, how many people like sitting in their homes and they're like, I don't wanna be myself. And every day I'm like asking myself, do I like who I am today? And if not, what should I do in order to become that man that I want to be? Yeah. And take all of my past experiences into my power and into my motivation to get myself there. And if there is some one thing from all this amazing thing that we talked about today that I really wanted people to be able to take and amplify into your life, is no matter what you've been through in your life let go of the projection of what it means that you should do or you should be and change the perspective about it as your power and all of that that you've been through this has made you who you are today and take advantage of that in order to lift yourself and become the best version of yourself. And get out of a victim mindset and step into a winner mindset. Yeah, well said. And I'll piggyback on that and I think you might like where this goes. Maybe you won't. But that idea of like victim mindset versus winner mindset, and it ties into this, this story about the two sons and the father, because I was in a seminar one time and the, the seminar leader described the four stages of masculinity. And he said, most of them get stuck, most men get stuck on the third stage and they never actually get to fully being masculine man and coming full circle with their masculinity. And he said, the first stage is your dad's your hero. You adore your dad, you love your dad, he's your, you know, he's, he's the best. No matter what, right? He's just the best. Then you get into a stage where you're in competition with your dad, right? You're trying to beat him, whether it's in basketball or it's in whatever it is, like, like you're in competition, you're trying to beat him. He said the third stage is fuck you dad. <laughs> it's I'm gonna do things my own way. I'm gonna figure out my own way to do things. And then the fourth stage, which he said very little men get to, is thank you, dad. 
which is coming full circle with no matter what an example your dad was in your life, whether he was the best man, he, you know, he was a positive role model in finances, in his emotional health, with his wife, uh, the way he raised you in his community service, or he was like the dad who was beating his wife and beating his kids and was a terrible role model. No matter what type of a role model he was, you will be able to look him in the eye and say, thank you, dad, for being who you are because it helped me become who I am, right? And it's this, this choosing how to look at your circumstances, right? The one son said, I am how I am because my dad who he was. And the other one said, I am who I am because my dad was who he was. And knowing that it's a conscious choice um, to be able to thank them and no matter how it went, he either taught you the best way to do things and he taught, or he taught you how to not do things. And even my dad, who I think is the best man that I know in my entire life, there are ways that he lived and ways that he parented me with that I disagree with. And I believe that because of that, now almost everything he did, I think, holy shit, I'm the luckiest fucking kid in the world. And a lot of the stuff I think, you know, put me at a disadvantage. And I still look at those things and say, thank you for teaching me how I don't want to live. Right? So it's choosing, you know, use the word winner, but I think it's just taking responsibility. And I just think taking responsibility is the most practical thing you can do. What else are you gonna do? Am I gonna blame? Like, like go ahead. And if you do, like, where's that gonna get you? And where has it got you? Right? And I think that, you know, let, nothing's perfect, right? Or maybe it's all perfect, <laughs> I don't know, right? But like, the only thing that I can take full responsibility for is how I live, how I choose to live, what I choose to do, how I choose to think, right? Who I surround myself with, that energy that I surround myself with, and then taking full ownership of that. So I agree with you wholeheartedly is if there's one thing to take away from this, then it's like, if there was one thing you could take away from my entire book, right? Why did I write that book? Jim Rohn always said, the major key to your better future is you. He said, the major key to your better future is you, right? And so in the context of mental health, the major key to your better mental health is you. The major key to your better physical health is you. The major key to your better financial future is you. And it's like, there may be other keys, but the major key is you. And he said, don't major in minor things, major in the majors. So the majors are you. That's the big question. And then the last thing that I want to say is the mindset of being grateful. So Jonathan just spoke about being grateful for your dad. And I agree. Yeah. And I feel like also it's really about being grateful in general. You know, wake up in the morning and being grateful for being alive, being grateful, for being in your body, for having everything that you have in your life. And then creating harmony with nature. So I look look where where we are.
and I'm so grateful for this ocean, for this view, for this trees, for all of this nature that's here with us and helping me to live my life and have my freedom inside of them. And that consciousness, that rememberness is so necessary to create everything that we talked about and to be the best version of yourself through the mindset of gratefulness for the better cause, for the oneness, however you want to call it, for, for something that is bigger than you, from getting out from, of your own head and be grateful for that. Say thank you for a higher power. Doesn't matter what do you believe in. But be grateful for a higher power. And that higher power will be like, wow, you're so grateful for, for this. I will give him more. And that's like, you know, it's like it's that cycle of like, oh really, you think that's amazing? You think your life is amazing uh, right now? Like, I'll show you what is amazing. Wow. That really shows me the power of focus and attention, right? Because if you say, wow, look how great my life is, like, this is so beautiful. And then you're saying, you think it's great now, let me show you what you can really experience versus, man, my life fucking sucks. Life is shit. Everywhere is a disaster. This is terrible. And then it's, and then the higher power is going to be like, you think that sucks. Let me fucking show you how shitty it could be, right? And sometimes it needs to get worse before it gets better. But if your overall focus is on the gratitude, if your overall focus is on how great things are and looking on the bright side and choosing positivity and choosing gratitude, then that good will surface itself, right? Because you'll literally be training your focus and attention for what is beautiful. Right, it's like the difference between training your, uh, training your attention in business, right? Imagine training your attention to look for all the hardship versus all the opportunity, all the problems versus all the solutions you can create. It's the exact same philosophy of like choosing the way you look at it. And in, in, in Nero's case, he's talking about choosing gratitude. And then allowing more of that beauty to unfold because you're looking for it. And always whatever obstacle come into your life, Trust. No matter how difficult or hard it looks like, oh, no matter man, that's tough. You know, it's just like really like take a deep breath and trust. You know, if I will tell you like my current bank situation, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like the way that my life supposed to look like by the paper. And, you know, the, every time when I trust, someone come to me with a job opportunity. Someone come to me and bring me $40 and a book that I can change my life. You know, someone like, life come in and show me that they have my back. You know, man, you know I got you. So it's like, 
God saying that to me. You know, when I'm in trust, the higher power say, man, you know I got you. Woman, you know I got you. So that's like, no matter how your life looks like, no matter how difficult it will be for you to have that mindset, be grateful and trust. And with a little patience, everything will flow into your life in the most accurate and amazing way. It only can, you can only imagine. So that's the recipe, actually. The recipe is trust, have faith and patience. And be grateful. And be grateful. I would add one to your list, your uh, your trifecta there. Action, movement, right? There's a there's definitely an element of trust, definitely an element of faith, definitely an element of patience and gratitude. And the universe is going to be like, all right, here's an opportunity, and you're going to be like, well, I'm just going to trust and have faith and watch Netflix all the time. It's like that's I'm not saying don't enjoy yourself, don't relax, don't kick it back and. Uh, enjoy your life but it's also gonna be like I gave you an opportunity then you didn't work it I gave you an opportunity and you never took action on it right I opened a door for you and you never stepped through it it's like faith gratitude yes trust yes and fucking go do it too yeah if there is one sentence that Nike said Nike <laughs> Nike 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 said just do it. Just, Just do fucking it. do it. Just do it. <laughs> you know, and all of them look so complicated sometimes. But then it's like, you know, you see that girl on the beach. Just fucking go talk to her. You know, you're so afraid. You're so... <laughs> Just go and say hi. What's the worst thing that can happen? It won't happen. You know, unless you're creepy and start like foaming at the mouth. Hi, no, no, you're good. You want to create a startup. You have this idea. You want to get a raise in your work, but you're afraid to talk with your boss. You want to communicate to your girlfriend that actually you don't want that thing that you're always doing. True. You know, whatever it is, trust, be grateful, take a deep breath, and just do it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And it reminds me, we talked about it today. You said, I'm so great at finding places to stay, right? You're like, wow, you're so great at finding places to stay because I've stayed at so many different places since I've been here. Um, and and uh, it reminds me of the beginning of the receiving process is ask. You wait for me? That's it, dude. Oh. Ask, right? open the door, take action, like until you ask, how can you receive, right? Like unless you ask for what you want. Like as an example, I was going to uh, Nero's birthday party and I was like, all right, I'm gonna bring him a cigar and I'm gonna bring him this book and he's gonna love it. And I didn't know that he also wanted 100 shekels. By the way, I thought shekels was like a pirate thing. I didn't realize that's your, is that your actual currency in yeah, Israel? Yeah. I didn't realize that. So I'm learning about the world through exploring the world apparently shekels is the currency in israel anyway uh, i didn't realize that he wanted shekels for his birthday 
um, because that was important to him. And and so I was like, I'll, I'll happily give him shekels, right? Because I didn't know it was important, but then he asked for it. And I, it, you know, is every person in his life gonna give him that? No, of course not, but nobody's gonna give it to him unless he asks. Right, so it's like the, the girl on the beach. It's like, is every girl on the beach gonna be into you because you approach her? It's like, no, obviously not. But will some of them? Yeah. But you gotta open the door, right? And have trust and faith that the universe has got your back, right? Man, you know I fucking got you, dude. So, great, great. Appreciate this, dude. This is one of many podcasts that we'll do. We, we didn't get into a lot, of, uh, a lot of the juicy, scrumptious details of our relationship. And um, It's also the first person that I let interview me into his podcast. So I was a podcast version till now, something that really went into the air. And I'm gonna be so famous in my later years. Yeah. So Jonathan really gonna ride on being the first one that puts me no out. No doubt, there. yo. No <laughs> doubt. I'm gonna be like, yeah, I just like, I really see genius in its early stages. Like I just saw what Nero could become. And I just wanted to make sure that I propelled that and make sure I was like supporting and backing it so that in 10 years, he'll be like a cash cow and I can just milk the shit out of this interview. Yeah, and Jonathan told me that right now in his life, he only say yes True. to once that. in a lifetime opportunities. Yes. And he knew that to interview me into his podcast is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Once in a lifetime, maybe absolutely once in a lifetime. This might be the only podcast that I do while I'm in Mazunte. That's how important it is. And uh, stay tuned for the show. The show between you and I coming at you soon. If you're wondering what it's called, it's called The Show. So uh, the show is, uh, we're two episodes in. Let's give him a little preview. Hey, you wanna do the show? Right now? Yeah, right now, let's do the show. Look at us, let's do the show. We're already in the show, let's do the show. I don't know, man. So basically, that's the show. I don't know, dude. That's only this. Like, we're not really gonna show you right now, but this is like how the show starts. Do you wanna do the show? I don't have my glasses, so I can't do the show. Oh, we can't do the show if not. at least one of us wear sunglasses. Yeah. That's one of the 47 rules. Right. And one of the two rules that God made for yeah. us. Yeah. I think it's cool because like comedy is basically on the premise of just like creating uh, things that don't exist, right? Like an idea or a, of a scenario or a situation and then you build on top of it. It's basically the premise of improv too, is like it doesn't exist and then you create an image and then it exists. And so one day Nero's just like, you wanna do the show? And I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? The fuck are you saying right now? Uh, and, uh, and that's probably one of the reasons why he's funny is he can just come up with ideas and entertain the idea, right? An illusion that something doesn't exist and you can create it from scratch. So anyway, I think that's all I got for today. That's all we got for you for today. In the future, we'll bring Nero back on to explore more about his journey into sensuality, more about his journey into connecting and becoming the best version of himself, of undressing all of the conditioning of society and undressing all of the conditioning of his program past and just living his best, most authentic life. Is there anything else you wanted to share and with the good people? And undressing my clothes because it's really important to be okay with my body. True. You know, we, we born naked. You know, so why being True. naked is such an issue today? 
Yeah, let's be naked. That's my, you know. We now next to the naked beach where True. people can just go to the beach and be True. naked and it's normal. Yeah, I'm down to go. I haven't gone yet, but I'm down. And nudity is not an invitation for sexuality. Say that again. Nudity is not an invitation for sexuality. I don't know why I'm pointing at you like a teacher. It's not, it's not, my, it's not my intention. But anyway, I had so much fun with you. And yeah, I have the ability to be able to talk for hours. Dude, so, we didn't even talk about pooism. <laughs> yeah, no, don't get it yeah, yet. No, no. We're gonna save, we'll just like insert a pin in that grenade that is five hours of Nero talking about pooism. It's a concept that he invented that we're not gonna touch on this time, but. Yeah, but let, let us know if our combo together is something that you want to see more of. Yeah. And if you like the fact that we talk about so many different, we touch so many different aspects, there is no one concept for our podcast. And is, it, was it too much? Or was it like, wow, like I learned so many different stuff and I had so much aha moments. Yeah. Which this is what really like I love to get from someone else talking like aha moment yeah so yeah just let us know what do you think 